Hello, Rob Shank here. You're listening to Shank Talks Bonhoeffer, a podcast all about the young, brave, brilliant World War II era church leader, pastor, who resisted the Nazification of the German church during the World War II period and worked for the defeat of Hitler's racialized dictatorship, lost his life uh, in that struggle, but would leave us a wonderful body of literature that helps guide us as Christians, and I think guide all uh, guides all people of conscience on uh, the supreme questions of how to determine right and wrong. So we hope you'll check out our website at tdbi for the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute www.tdbi.org and check out the rest of these podcast episodes when I talk with people as interesting as my interlocutor today. Dr. David P. Gushy is my guest, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about Christian ethics because Dr. Gushy is the author of a new treatment on ethics called Introducing Christian Ethics, Core Convictions for Christians Today. David, uh, I have an impulse to call you professor because that's how I first knew you while I was doing my doctoral work. There was this professor out there named Gushy. Uh, But uh, today I'll probably go back and forth between professor and David, thanks for joining me in this conversation. Uh, Rob, great to be with you. I had some students yesterday who said, shall we call you sire? And I said, no, that, that crosses a line. So, uh, uh, it, it wasn't on my note sheet here, but I'll, I'll, I'll remember that next time, sire. Uh, let me read for our folks, just as a setup here to our conversation, uh, a blurb that came to me from your uh, publicist at Morgan Street uh, Media, uh, Susan Stitt, sent this to me. And uh, shout out to all the publicists out there who help us in our work. Let me, uh, let me read what she sent to me. Uh, what does it mean to be a Christian in today's turbulent world? After every disillusionment and debate, what convictions survive? Dr. David P. Gushy has been an influential voice in American religious life as an ethicist, pastor, and activist. He's advocated on issues ranging from torture and climate change to truth in politics and LGBTQ inclusion. He co-authored The Pivotal Kingdom Ethics, a Jesus-based ethics textbook, and has written numerous books and hundreds of opinion pieces on what Christianity has to say about how we should live. In this new title, Introducing Christian Ethics, he offers readers a way to understand how to situate moral reasoning, not only in scripture, but also in tradition and human reasoning. Wow, David, I can't wait to get my hands on this book. I'm making my confession, haven't read it yet, but it isn't even out yet. But as soon as it is, I'm buying it for the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Library, and I'm poaching it myself for bedside reading. 
thank you uh, for this contribution. And I always search first before we get uh, talking here uh, for a nexus with our namesake, uh, the great Bonhoeffer. But I don't need I don't need to do that here. I mean, you're treating ethics, and that was the title of Bonhoeffer's magnum opus. I think as he gave us one for his time and place, you're giving us one for our time and place. Let's talk about the new release. What was its impetus? Why did you produce this? You know, um, I had not thought about um, that Bonhoeffer comparison, but uh, somebody who uh, who knows Dietrich, Brother Dietrich, I like to think of, I sure wish I could have known him, um, as somebody who knows his corpus of work really, really well, I do think that his ethics, even though it was not quite complete, uh, was his magnum opus. Um, and, you know, you know, when you write a book, you never really know how it's going to land. But I'm looking at my what's called the, the test print. I'm looking at this 340-page book. And my colleagues who have read the book for endorsement are telling me that they think that this may be my magnum opus, um, which is humbling. And um, I'm grateful because you never really know exactly what you have when you write a book. Um, but but there it is. So I would say that my career has had, you know, a couple of main stages in terms of the writing part of it. Um, I was trained as a Christian ethicist. And what Christian ethicists do is try to provide moral guidance for Christians um, to connect to the tradition of Christian morality and to reflect on what we now do in the current world that we live in today. And, um, and also to try to live that out in, in uh, church life and in activism in the world. So scholarship uh, and teaching, uh, so the academic arena, churchmanship, you know, the church arena, pastoring and leading God's people, and then uh, activism, trying to speak a word into the public arena. And that was how I was trained in ethics. And, and so, um, so for most of my career, I did that, uh, writing about ethics. The, the big book, Kingdom Ethics with Glenn Stassen, uh, was the most influential work to come out of, you might say, the ethics proper part of, uh, of my career. A lot of activism. I have it on my shelf. Yeah. I have it on my shelf. I want you to know I have consulted it. Good. Uh, and then, you know, activism on <clears throat> on a variety of issues. Um, then starting in 2014, once I wrote Changing Our Mind, I thought I was doing ethics, and I was. Uh, but that book on LGBT inclusion in the church also led me into a vortex of controversy about the meaning of evangelical Christianity. But, you know, Rob... Uh, you and I both know that what American evangelicalism is, should be, has been, is now, is is really a big deal in itself. Um, so from two, from 2014 forward, I have found myself quite unexpectedly in the middle of the debate as an actor, you know, in the debate about what white American evangelicalism especially is. And my most recent book, and I think we talked about it not long ago, After Evangelicalism, um, was my farewell to American evangelicalism, my analysis of what had gone wrong, and, um, and my proposal, essentially a theological proposal as to what to do now. 
Um, now, I, I am going to challenge you there for a moment and say, though, that you're kind of like something stuck to our shoe that 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 just won't release because <laughs> you're still present in the evangelical conversation. I can tell you that much because I'm still there. I'm still on that side of the river. Yeah. And the name Gushy comes up a lot, <laughs> both in a salutary and in a pejorative way. I know. So you may think you left, but you couldn't get quite out the door. I'm, you're, I'm you're, sure trying, Rob. I'm sure trying. I um, know, I know. But you left us something really juicy, and <laughs> I appreciate that very much. So anyway, uh, so this book began uh, as an effort to, you know, say, okay, I've written all I'm going to write about evangelicalism. I, in fact, I pretty much think the word evangelical is not in this new book. Um, instead, really? yeah, instead, I'm going to return to the to the discussion of Christian ethics, and I'm I'm going to offer. What happened was I I decided to try to do a last lectures format on this book. To um, my last semester teaching uh, at McAfee School of Theology, the Baptist Seminary of Mercer University was last spring. Um, and my last intro class was last spring, spring of 2021, I guess just earlier this year. And I decided to write all new lectures for them. And with the possibility that if if they were any good, that maybe I could turn that into a kind of a last lectures, Gushy's last word on an overview of Christian ethics. And that's really how this began. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's also one reason why the book, um, I'm so excited about this, is going to be available to people in every format we could arrange, which includes print, ebook, um, audio, um, and video lectures. So, Brilliant. so these lectures were videotaped. And, um, and the idea is um, a comprehensive, synthesis statement of the field of Christian ethics as I see it here um, in a, let's call it a latter stage of my career, um, that builds on what I've done before, but attempts to make Christian ethics comprehensible and usable for everybody who cares about it, scholars, non-scholars. And I think what people are, my readers so far who've pre-read you know pre -read the book, is they think that I've succeeded in making it accessible to real people, which as you know, a lot of academics have no idea how to do that, right? And it's it's hard. Yes. You know? Well, you're a preacher, and yeah. that's an edge you have that a lot of academics don't. If they so, if the people don't understand it, you have not succeeded in communication. Well, well put. Yeah. Well put. Uh, well, I'm I'm certainly glad you're the one to be treating this subject. I'll only be, you know mildly insulted that I wasn't given an advance to read and and uh, comment on but never mind let's put that aside <laughs> well that's so that now, let me tell that's you. so that we could have this conversation and I, I couldn't have everybody on the blurbs right I needed to have independent <laughs> observers right. love the book right so there you go well whether I'm a blurber or not I can tell you one thing uh, our institute is going to make very good use of this title of yours and in fact I'll make you a promise right now we will help with its rollout in a substantial way because this I believe is the topic of our times uh, I have said over and over again and I think we've discussed it that as I see it today, not just American evangelicalism, 
But I would argue American Christianity is in a very deep ethical crisis. And I don't know what your experience has been. Of course, you've been in the field of ethics. But in my circles of pastors and even activists on, on both sides, you, you know that I spend a lot of time on the conservative right. And these days I keep company with a lot of liberals and progressives. But in both spaces, I find people who really are not equipped to tackle ethics or ethical questions. And some of them, especially in the evangelical sphere, some of them question whether ethics even is properly situated within a religious or spiritual framework. That's one of the things you address in this book is where ethics are situated. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about situating ethics? Um, you just gave me a juicy target. Uh, I used to play baseball, Rob, and I'm still a, a frustrated Major League Baseball player. Um, I knew it. But what you just threw across the plate there, I'm going to have to swing at real fast. Um, I think there is a moral crisis in American Christianity. Um, and and my, my teacher, Glenn Stassen, said it in a way that I would still say, liberal Christians um, often lack the confidence to robustly claim uh, Jesus and scripture for ethics because maybe because they don't want to seem intolerant or because everything's been tainted by the conservatives. Okay, so, so Glenn used to say that liberal Christian ethics tends to be pretty thin and almost secularized in the sense of, um, you know, just some principles of justice or, or be, be nice to people or whatever, right? But, mm -hmm. but I think on the conservative side, um, the ferocious cultural reactionary posture of, of white evangelicals is throwing ethics out the window, too. It's anything goes as we fight and try to win this culture war, um, which is one reason why people like Donald Trump could be accepted as, you know, leaders, right? So I think there is a moral vacuum in American Christianity. Um, to some extent, I think there's also a theological vacuum in American Christianity. So what I'm, how's that for a swing at that pitch that came across the plate? Very nice. And because <laughs> you did that, I got to take my own swing <laughs> only. Only at this, uh, and that is that, um, you know, I, I see an abandonment of moral principles and ethics on the right. Yeah. The, the old crowd I kept company with, as you did for many years. Um, but on the left, I don't like the right left, but for convenience yeah. today, yeah. I'll, I'll revert to it. But on the liberal progressive side there is more to christian ethics than the golden rule right it's a little more complicated than that yeah and, and more than just you know social justice though that's huge so i mean i have i have so what i'm trying you know really what i'm trying to do in this book is to pull together all the threads that have shaped the tradition of christian morality as i understand it at its best and i don't think the book can easily be classified on a conservative liberal spectrum. I think, I, I hope that it leaps above that and is a kind of a more um, statement for the ages. I mean, that that may be, 
that's the dream. We'll see. That's very, very hard to achieve. And readers will tell me whether whether that's happened or not. You know, but well, you 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 may have achieved it unwittingly because I wanted to interrupt at some point and just read a couple of salient. Uh, endorsements of this book, obviously. Oh, stop! No, Ron no, go Snyder. ahead. No, stop. I'm gonna. No. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> I insist. <laughs> I'm the host. I get the last. the The ethics on this podcast is Shank gets the last word, so I, I'm going for it. And and I'm going first to Ron Sider, whom we both admire very much, yeah. and who for me was an early tutor. I'm sorry, I abandoned him at some point in my Christian journey. And only had to refine him in the last few years. But Ron Sider, who is a moral theologian, I would at least classify him as that. And he labeled your new title, Introducing Christian Ethics, as a masterpiece and a must read. And that's from one of the premier voices uh, in Christian ethics of the last 40 years. Reggie Williams, who's a senior fellow here at the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute and uh, teaches ethics at McCormick Theological Seminary, says David Gushy is exhaustive and creative as he demonstrates extreme acuity and dexterity that can only come from decades of serious engagement with the field. This is a tremendous addition to the study of Christian ethics. In in my world, you can't get better than those two endorsements. Yeah. So having settled that question, we got a big book here and a big contribution to Christian ethics. What do you what do you hope will be its fruit, its product? You're aiming at something here. What are you aiming at? Better Christian ethics on the part of real Christians all around the world. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. and um, more faithful following of Jesus. And I'm hoping now, especially now that I'm taking seriously what people are saying about the book, I'm hoping for something of a consensus text that can be read from the reasonable part of the conservative Christian world uh, all the way across to the other end of the spectrum, Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant, Anyway, that it'll be in the conversation in Christendom, Christianity, wherever Christians are thinking about Christian, uh, about ethics, you know. Um, and maybe it can provide something of a common vocabulary um, and some common touch points. Um, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about how the book is structured now that we've we've blown people away with all these encomiums. That maybe I should say a little bit about what's in the book. Um, so please do. <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten there. Yeah, please do. Um, so, so the book, well, the subtitle is Core Convictions for Christians Today. And, and so one way to say it is, this is what I most surely believe in, in the area of Christian ethics drawn from, you know, every, every book I've read, every article I've read, everything I've thought, everything I've experienced over this long career. Um, so I want there to be conviction depth in the book and I want I want um, Christians today to, to know that it's not all up for grabs there are some things that are core convictions and there's also a lot to argue about there's also uh, there's a core um, so so the first part of the book um, 
does some methodological work. It asks, you know, what is ethics and what is the Christian version of ethics and what is the vocabulary that we use? And I draw on the history of, of both secular and Christian moral thought and theory to get some of the vocabulary nailed down. Um, and then I deal with that age-old question of how do we know what we're supposed to believe and do? And so the question of how do we source our our theology and our ethics takes you back to scripture and tradition and reason and experience and everything like that. Um, I, I, I had a new move I've never done in any previous work. I have a whole chapter on Howard Thurman, the African-American uh, theologian, mystic pastor who wrote the 1947, I believe, might have been 49 book, Jesus and the Disinherited, which was a major foray uh, in reading Jesus from below, from the perspective of the oppressed, kind of a forerunner to the civil rights movement and to liberation theology. Um, yeah, maybe maybe a link uh, between Bonhoeffer and MLK. Yes, uh, and Gandhi. Um, Bonhoeffer, Gandhi, MLK, and James Cohn in liberation theology. Thurman was was right there. Both in his life, he knew these people, um, and he influenced them. So, so then I moved to the uh, to two uh, scripture focused chapters in which I revisit the centrality of uh, the idea of the kingdom of God for Christian ethics and of the text, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five through seven. Um, biblically, that concept and that text uh, remain central in my ethics, but I, and I critically engage why that is the case and what to make of them. Um, and then there's a, a kind of a midsection of the book that talks about um, five central motifs in Christian ethics that are not so much moral issues as moral principles or moral practices, some combination, and those are um, a truthfulness, sacredness of life or human dignity, justice, love, and forgiveness. Mm. And there's actually going to be a conference in Amsterdam, assuming COVID allows it, in May, in which uh, the Baptists of Europe are going to gather, those who can get there, and they're gonna, we're going to have a whole conference on those five themes, truthfulness, sacredness, just, mm. justice, love, and forgiveness. So you might say that's the beating heart of Christian ethics. If if we are not, and now again, to those who are listening, think about the versions of Christianity that make it into the newspaper or on TV every day, okay? Um, and now contrast that with truthfulness, dignity or sacredness, justice, love, and forgiveness. Enough said there, perhaps, right? And then, you know, in the second half of the book, I take up, uh, the issues that emerge in the world, and I actually do this, this is also new in this book, in a life cycle approach. I tell the reader about mm. the fact that I have two grandchildren now. I'm old enough to have grandchildren. And yeah. um, they, well, they are... Congrats. I got my first one. Oh, it's amazing, uh, isn't it? You look at the world differently, don't you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, say on. so they are seven and three. And so what I do is I arrange the issue-oriented chapters based on, you might say, um, issues as as they are experienced through the life cycle, kind of in order. And so um, the issue chapters, and this, you know, it's rough, but uh, creation care, uh, the relation between the genders, race, 
economics, sexuality, pregnancy, abortion, et cetera, marriage. And then the political issues like church and state, crime, war. And then you get near the end of life. And I have a, I think my, probably the, the chapter that cost me the most to write um, and that I was writing it while my father was dying is a chapter called Christian oh. Ethics at the End of Life. Oh. Um, oh. That's chapter 23. It's very intense. I think it's a breakthrough chapter in terms of how we think about the end of life and medical care decisions there. And then there are two chapters mm. that um, are the coda to the book. I have a chapter called The Moral Dimension of the Ministerial Vocation. What is it? What is the moral responsibility of ministers? How are they supposed to lead? in the moral arena. And then a final chapter that is called Why Following Jesus is So Hard. And and this takes us to cost of discipleship and Bonhoeffer a little bit. Um, I think that following Jesus... Do you Jesus reference is, it? Uh, Do you believe, reference them? Or, I believe he is. Or it's an illusion. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't even re- okay. remember well, at this you, moment. You, you nailed us. You've um, got us. But we're, we're selling that book. <laughs> I'm looking in my um, in my bibliography. Yeah, Bonhoeffer, I, I quote, discipleship, ethics, letters and papers, and his telling the truth essay in this book. Yeah. I, incidentally, folks, I say that in jest, but uh, I came to know David Gushy while doing my late in life doctoral work, which included a, a lot of research into Bonhoeffer and writing on Bonhoeffer. And David, you were introduced to me as a Bonhoeffer scholar. So mm. You, you, you're in our constellation in a lock here, but uh, so you're saying here, here's where we get to a real Bonhoeffer nexus uh, in your work. Uh, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, that. there's no uh, there's no single ethicist or theologian that's had more impact on my work than Bonhoeffer. Um, hmm. And so Bonhoeffer is scattered uh, all through this book. And, you know, what's interesting is I'm not I don't use footnotes in this book because uh, I want a text that is exactly the same material, audio, video, ebook, or print. And so I only refer to authors in the flow of the text and those who have actually affected the way I think about things. And Bonhoeffer is there uh, all through the book. So, yeah, it's not a book Probably. about Bonhoeffer, but it's Bonhoeffer is one of you know one of the the keynote sources for my ethics. Um, not that I agree with him about everything, but boy, what a, what a contributor. So that's the flow of the book. And so as professors design classes or pastors design studies or whatever, they can start wherever they want to. But I, I do think that the, the proper flow is what's there. What is this stuff we call ethics? Uh, how do you source good ethical reflection? What are the central motifs or themes in ethics? And then what are the main issues today and what do we think about them? And so that's kind of how the book is arranged. Well, just in that framing, you you give us an excellent primer in how to approach the subject. So, folks, you just got some excellent content there, tuition free. (laughs) So now you buy the book and you use it as a serious instrument in case you've forgotten who I'm talking to here. uh, My guest in conversation today is Dr. David P. Gushy, PhD from Union Theological Seminary, New York, uh, is or was distinguished university professor of Christian ethics at Mercer. Are you now gone from no, Mercer? No, I'm still there. Uh, I've shifted okay. I've shifted most of my efforts to the undergrads now. 
um, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Macon today, and uh, I'm doing just a little bit with the with the seminary students, mainly the undergrads. And I also have an appointment now at the Free University of Amsterdam. So I've got a European. I saw yeah. that, and I I wanted to tackle that, but my Dutch is really really rough. <laughs> But you're chairing uh, Christian social ethics. Yeah, they at the free. University. They created a chair for me. Um, uh, uh, here's here's a Dutch I, I can do. Um, I, I I am a Bazander Hugelar. So I never knew so that. There it for is. Everything I know about you, I didn't know you were Hugelander. Uh, Bazander Hugelar. What, what does that mean? Uh, extraordinary professor. That's what they call it. Ah, so, very nice. Yeah, so very nice. it's it's a legit thing. In fact, I spent much of the time today before speaking with you uh, working on my Vrij University, free university work. Uh, we're supervising uh, PhD students and uh, helping, you know, with other faculty members and advancing PhD proposals through their process. It's a big and distinguished religion department, and I'm 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 proud to be a part of it. I'm 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 conscious of it. I'm not quite sure why. I, I'm sure I've read some some uh, papers that have been generated out of that department or something I'm sure. because I'm I'm certainly familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, you're also a senior research fellow at International Baptist Theological Study Center. Still doing yes, that? Yes, um, those came together. Uh, International Baptist Theological Study Center. I just think of it as IBTS. Um, is also based in Amsterdam, and this is the European uh, Educational Agency for training uh, doctoral students and working with uh, trying to support uh, college and master's level uh, training of doctoral students in the Baptist family all over Europe, uh, Northern Africa, Mediterranean, all the way as far as uh, Asia. So, so, and I, you know, I'm going to say right here when we talk about. Baptists in Europe and other parts of the globe, they generally take on a little different uh, profile than what we typically think of as Baptists here in the United States. Uh, so uh, nice that we get that cross-pollination. It's, it's uh, very between... rich, um, and I'm finding it very rich. So basically, one main thing that we're going to be doing with this book early is it's being woven into the uh, into a course through IBTS that will be offered all over Europe uh, in mm. Baptist church, uh, college, and seminary settings. In English. In English. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll mention one, a uh, couple of more things. You were uh, the elected past president of both the American Academy of Religion and the Society of Christian ethics, uh, placing you in a role as one of America's leading Christian ethicists. So uh, offline, I'm going to talk to you about the developing program we have that will be located at Harris Manchester College, Oxford. I got to I gotta do a little buttering up of you. Uh, maybe when you're over in Amsterdam, we can get you to hop uh, the, the, um, the channel there. Um, Any opportunity, Jeannie and I have to go to Oxford, we we say yes. Um, you know this COVID okay. this COVID thing has um, has disrupted yeah. uh, travel yeah. among many other things. Small things it has disrupted two years of events and and travel and conferences and such. But it did 
forced me to my desk where I sat and wrote this book. So maybe that's a good thing. Um, but well, I, I would say so. I mean, I'm 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 jettisoning a lot of my old evangelical magical thinking, but at the same time, I do see the hand of providence in so many things. And I'd love to get into a conversation with you on the ethical dimensions of the pandemic, which I think have pressed us greatly. I, I, we don't really have time to do that, but uh, but I'd love to explore that sure. with you. Do you treat it at all uh, in the pages of this book, or are there sections that might apply to some of the ethical questions that attend to being vaccinated, not being vaccinated? Wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, distancing, not distancing, you know, I, uh, holding public gatherings, whatever. I didn't. I think there are moments in which it is mentioned. I mean, for example, the decisions that we made from my father's care at the end of his life last mm. last December. I discuss in that chapter that they were very much affected by the COVID regulations in the hospitals. Of course, such, you know. So of course. So that it's there. But the themes, you know, the thing about Christian ethics is the themes are always timely. Um, every new human situation produces new dilemmas, new challenges. Um, and it's not as simple as ancient themes applied to new challenges. Voila, you have an answer. There's hard work to be done once you bring those together. But, but you know, um, there's, though I didn't give it a whole chapter, there's a lot of discussion of covenant in the book. And, and covenant has become an increasingly important theme in my work. And I would say that uh, one of the things we've seen is that people don't seem to feel much of a covenant obligation to other people uh, in our societies. And so, like, the decision as to whether to get vaccinated is not only about what I prefer, but it's also about the ties that bind me to other people in community. And so if I won't do what I need to do, the community is harmed, but people just don't think that way anymore. Um, you know, so that's a theme. Um, you know, that nowhere in Christian ethical thought is libertarian freedom just for its own sake, elevated as a value. Um, freedom for Christians always exists in community and under the Lordship of Christ. So, so these are, I mean, you know, you might say what we need is disciplined Christian thinking from within the terms of the tradition to help us avoid the, I don't know, merely emotional or political or ideological irrationalities and, and such of, of any given moment. And so part of what the, the scholars of the church are supposed to do and the pastors are supposed to be scholars too, so often they're not. But is is to bring that tradition to bear, to help the people think and live well um, in terms of the tradition of, you know, thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you're, another thing your publicist told me was that you wrote this book, Introducing Christian Ethics, for seminary students, educators, pastors, small groups and Christians everywhere. And I would like to think that in helping to shape and form some of those influencers within and without the Christian world, 
that maybe you'll help us improve that situation so that we are not just thinking ethically, but acting ethically. Because at the moment, I'll say again, I think we are in a period of terrible ethical crisis uh, in the United States, to be sure, in the Christian uh, world, certainly within my evangelicalism, particularly and grotesquely these days. So uh, I'm hoping to make very good use of your work in helping to shape and form influencers within uh, the Christian world. You, you mentioned that these are that it, it's not just a book here. It's a it's a video, uh, a series of video sessions. Mm -hmm. What are they like? Are they lectures? Yeah, they're are lectures. They uh, no, uh -huh. I I sit at my desk in my home and mm -hmm. I uh, read the the text uh, of the chapters. So um, people get a glimpse of. So how do you how do you access that? that part of the um, publication uh, was the front edge did something awesome. They embedded QR codes in front of every chapter. So wow. Front edge publishing uh -huh. your publisher. That's right. So, so you just take your phone out, scan it there it and is. boom, you're into the you're in it. Oh, Either the oh, audio that's or the beautiful. video. Uh, it's awesome. So, uh, for, for a grandpa, you are like cutting edge. Here, I could not have thought of that. Friend. I could not have figured that out myself, but I knew what I wanted. And we, we worked oh, on it together. Fantastic. Um, so yeah. I, I don't mind telling you that I'm literally, I'm not kidding. I'm literally getting goosebumps thinking of that, that, that the book is that engaging. In other words, this isn't just one of the dry tomes that I have on my library shelves here in this study where I'm, I'm talking to you from. It, it's not just that flat two dimensional uh, product. It, it's, it's three-dimensional. I mean, it, in some ways it's animated, it's dynamic, not That's static. That's fantastic. Uh, when, and yeah, when I got the first copy, the test print, I took it when I went to visit my grandkids this weekend and my seven-year-old grandson is very tech savvy. I told him about this. Mm. So the first thing he did was to grab a cell phone, um, off of like his mom's, whatever cell phone and immediately scanned uh, the first page he saw with the QR code, and there it was. He said, "Pops, there you are." You know, so he, oh, uh, oh. so he loved it. Um, so oh. isn't that fun? Oh. I mean, have you ever had a textbook that come alive fun. like that? You know, and have a seven-year-old on it? You know, never. So yeah, I mean, that's that's all you need to hear about this. And here's what I'm going to recommend to our folks. And I don't know if. Uh, if our communications people briefed you, David, uh, just to let you know that an awful lot of the listeners to this podcast are pastors or academics or writers, certainly activists. Uh, we have a very engaged uh, listenership and thousands of folks now. So they all have their spheres. And, and what I'm going to challenge our podcast family to do is, first of all, get the book. Uh, Get Introducing Christian Ethics, Core Convictions for Christians Today by David Gushy, G-U-S-H-E-E. -E. You're going to see the links as soon as it's out uh, and available to the public. The links will be in the text surrounding this podcast uh, and uh, published by Front Edge 
publishing. So now you know how to get it. Get the book. I know it's an ethical question in itself, but if you buy from Amazon, come on, oh, some of us do, uh, <laughs> please use smile.amazon.com and uh, pick the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute as your uh, as your charity of choice, and we'll get a few pennies of that purchase. So you'll you'll help uh, foster good Christian ethics, and you will help. Uh, the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute. So we say thank you in advance, but get a hold of Introducing Christian Ethics, Core Convictions for Christians Today by David Gushy. Use it in your own preaching, teaching, uh, training, modeling, and look at building out a platform so that the video lectures are also employed as a course would be. And let's all work together to build a more ethical, moral, at least morally conscious Christian community. And I think, David, it goes without saying that while this is particularly Christian, it is not exclusively Christian. I mean, in Bonhoeffer's way, anything that's good is good for all of humanity, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, my... Uh, my uh, decision some years ago on the interfaith issue was, I think that what the world needs of Christian scholars, at least me as a Christian scholar, is to help Christians be the best version of Christians that we can be. So um, that's what I that's what I hope to have happen in every you know community. So Muslim scholars help Muslims be the best version of Muslims, and Jewish scholars help Jews be the best version of Jewish people, and so on. But when you're doing that work, if you're doing it um, respectfully, uh, it is a contribution to the whole human family. And I hope that, you know, the book will, will find some resonance outside the Christian community. But I, I'm mainly uh, speaking to Christians, helping us get our act together, and we need to. Well, wherever you fall, and I'm talking to our podcast family now, wherever you fall on the spectrum, uh, whether... Uh, in the conservative, uh, traditional, evangelical, uh, or other traditionalist sphere, whether uh, you are on the progressive, the liberal to progressive end, or somewhere in between. And I think most people I know and that I'm in reasonable conversation with, David, I don't know if you find this, but I find that we're all kind of a mix of things. There are times when I'm talking even to fundamentalists who shock me with very liberal ideas mm -hmm. that they'll sprinkle in yeah. to the conversation, sometimes unaware that they are, and I'll call them out on it. Uh, and likewise, I find some awfully conservative, progressive folks uh, when it comes to certain things, uh, love of neighbor among them. So all of this to say, uh, we're all a big hodgepodge, we're all a big mix, but I think you'll find yourself somewhere uh, in the treatment that David gives to Christian ethics in this new title. Here at the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute, we're going to do a lot with it. You're going to see it being promoted on all of our social media platforms. Uh, we're going to probably do a review of it. We will certainly be recommending it. Why? Because we know David Gushy. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer knows David Gushy, and David Gushy knows Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mm -hmm. 
And so uh, I have no doubt uh, after my reading of it uh, in pretty short order uh, that I'll be just as enthusiastic about it in reality as I am in theory now. Uh, But David, it's just been great to talk to you and uh, you're always an uplift for me, you no doubt are for our whole podcast family. Listen, folks, if you think the subject of Christian ethics today is as important as David and I think it to be. Will you share this podcast? We don't have, you know, a marketing firm here. We don't have, we don't even have a publicist at the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute. We do that all ourselves or we glom on to others <laughs> and, uh, and, and ride their horse. But uh, here we, we do all the messaging ourselves, and that's why we need you. We need your help. You can be a constructive contributor to the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute simply by getting the book, reading it, uh, posting your own review or comments on it, and then getting it out, circulating it within your spheres of influence. So let us know that you're doing that, if and when you do, uh, and I'm going to count on you to do it. Uh, please let us know that you are out promoting Introducing Christian Ethics by David Gushy, using it in your own programming and so forth. Um, David, I hope this is your magnum opus, but certainly not your last title. Uh, are you working on anything uh, to come after this? I am. Um, uh, sometime I will get tired of writing, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, mm-hmm. My next book is going to be about defending democracy from its many Mm. enemies. Um, Mm. And uh, that's going to be my, also the basis of my inaugural address at the free university of Amsterdam in late January. Um, 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 Also uh, I have a long-term project of uh, a commentary on the book of Job. Um, I've always been fascinated by Job, and I've never written a biblical oh, commentary. Oh, so I. So it's one of my favorites. Yeah, so that's uh, that's out in the future. Books. I'm also considering um, doing an interpretation of the ethics of Jesus as we meet him in the Gospel of Luke. So kind of a biblical term. Wow. Um, so, but this this book, uh, you know, I will never again attempt to write another uh, introductory uh, textbook in Christian ethics. Uh, this is my synthesis of the field, and um, and I'm glad that you're so enthusiastic about it, and we will take you up on on your offer to to help get the word out. Absolutely, and invite me to okay, Oxford, great. and I will come. Okay, okay, we, we, we've got a project going here, uh, folks. I've been talking with Dr. David Gushy, uh, distinguished university professor of Christian ethics at Mercer University, Chair of Christian Social Ethics at Free University Amsterdam, Senior Research Fellow at International Baptist Theological Studies Center, and the author of Introducing Christian Ethics, Core Convictions for Christians Today, published by Front Edge Publishing. Uh, Just try to beat me to reading it and reviewing it. David, it's been a pure pleasure I'm always better for having had a conversation with you. Thanks for sharing all of this with our podcast family at the Dietrich Bonhoeffer Institute. It has truly been my pleasure. A great way uh, to spend an hour. I look forward to future conversations, Rob. Thank you.